Hi, I'm Alvian Lyons. And I'm Doug Weiss. And welcome to Love Life. So Douglas, we have an interesting topic today. We're going to talk about the thing that we tend to shy away from a little bit in terms of gender specificity, as we're not wholly different one from another. But there are some unique things about what it means to be a man and what it means to be a woman and the way in which we communicate and how we let go of what we may be feeling on the inside. So the question today is, what do men rarely say, but often feel? What do you think those things are? The, the, those inner thoughts, that inner world that exists for men that is not very often spoken of mm-hmm. in today's society, at least. Yeah. So what would you say? Well, I mean, I think categorically, they fall into a single dimension, and that's emotions, Mm. feelings. Mm. Um, I think it's the thing that men in general, both by conditioning and predisposition, um, are the least comfortable with, uh, you know, uh, in talking about. Um, I think to draw a contrast here that uh, sharing what you're feeling, either at the moment or um, retrospectively, is something which is, by observation, um, a more comfortable experience, a more common experience amongst women. Mm-hmm. Um, you can trot out, I think, a number of uh, trite observations here. Mm-hmm. So forgive me, but starting perhaps with the most obvious, that um, expressing your your inner feelings about things may be, at least culturally, a sign of weakness. Mm. Not manly. Right. I think that's one end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum is that... Uh, and I've spoken to this before, and you and I have had some interesting colloquy <laughs> on this. Men are, in, in my observation, men are far more vulnerable creatures mm-hmm. than women. Mm-hmm. I think we handle criticism less well, generally. I think we are more afraid of rejection. Mm-hmm. Despite the fact that we may put on a, a good bluff, but I think uh, in our inner life tends to be one where we feel more judged and therefore are more vulnerable to rejection. Why do you think that is, though? Like, where do you believe that that really comes from, that, that sense? Do you think that it is something that is, uh, that f- is fed from the outside in terms of cultural societal? Do you think that some of that is just in the chemistry of who men are internally that creates that? Where do you really believe that some of those things originate? Well, I think you have to go to the question of how do men derive their sense of identity? Mm -hmm. What is it invested in? Mm -hmm. And much more for men, I think, than women. Men are invested in um, externalities in how the world sees them and uh, uh, how how they are in fact judged. Mm. And so often that tends to to revolve around what they do. Achievement. 
you know, mm-hmm. work, mm-hmm. sports, mm-hmm. Um, other areas of accomplishment um, that are tangible and visible to the world. Mm. Um, men don't get rewarded in any, in any overt way for being, forgive me, touchy-feely. Right. In but fact, th- you know, you know, you and I, you've said this. You know, I go into a movie theater, and you know, Peg will suggest a movie, and maybe it's not what by <laughs> you would have picked. I would have picked, but but then again, you know, we'll go to movies that I like. Um, if it's a, a movie that is touching, I you know, I will shed a tear. It, that doesn't particularly bother me, right? But I don't think that it's a common experience. I don't think that, even if you were so moved, I think many men would find that to be uh, emasculating. Mm. Uncomfortable in some form or fashion, at mm-hmm. least. Yeah. Mm. And, and if you look at the banter and conversation amongst men in groups, it tends to be... Very superficial. Yeah, it rides high. Hey, how about those, <laughs> you know... Insert name of sports team here. You know, that's sort of the, you know, the, the joke, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it does tend to be uh, at, a, at a level that avoids too much personal information. You, you don't really see that amongst men unless they've had something to drink mm-hmm. or they're really close friends when they might talk about. But even then, amongst close friends, you'll often, there's a certain line that doesn't get crossed. You don't want to appear to be in front of your friend somehow less capable. Mm. And, and and I think that tends to create this kind of, of neutral to guarded um, interaction. Uh, interaction, yeah. Do you think that's why men die earlier than women do? <clears throat> because we I mean, internalize? Because you internalize everything. I mean, like you, you're given what you're saying, there's there's a much greater likelihood of implosion than explosion. If everything that you feel, everything that you struggle with, everything that you wrestle with is something that you swallow in some way and you have to work it out on the inside because it is not deemed socially appropriate for you Mm -hmm. to work those things out on the outside, do you think it impacts the health of men at least emotionally if not you know, physically and everything else. I, I well, I think the answer is absolutely. Uh, it can't help but add to a, a general stress level, and I think that men do internalize greatly. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, you know, I, I want to say here that that there are clear societal red flags, you know, that point at this. Um, consider the expression "man up." <laughs> What that, you know, take, take that apart, parse it out. What's that really saying? It's saying, stop showing right. your feelings. Stuff it. St- stuff it back down again. Mm-hmm. Man up, mm-hmm. you know, be a man. And, you, you know, I think that starts very early. Big boys don't cry. Right. And, you know, all of these. Um, Cues. Yeah, that, that are saying to us in one form or another, it's not acceptable to show what you're feeling. In fact, not only is it not acceptable, you shouldn't even be feeling them. How do you believe that impacts relationships then? Because when relationships require intimacy, 
which means the ability to shed the armor, to, to lay bare yourself for someone else. When you are trained this way to stuff how you feel, how does it impact the way in which you're able to or struggle with developing real levels of intimacy? Well, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here across from, from the expert <laughs> on this. Um, so, you know, my uh, non-expert response to that <laughs> is to say it can't help but become an impediment. Uh, if you can't come together and talk about the things that are important to you in your life, if you can't talk about how you feel about one another, how you feel about the things in your life that are important, if you can't talk about um, things that may be troubling you, whether they're about your partner or not, um, then you're just, at, at the very least, eliminating f as as a material for your uh, relationship to be built upon um, anything that's particularly meaningful. You know, you're reduced down to transactional stuff. Right. Who's going to take the kids to the, you know, to the soccer game today? And, um, you know, should we have the Nelsons over for dinner? I mean, you know, <laughs> if that's the general, you know, dialogue between two people, at that kind of transactional level, then there's no investment in the us. Mm. There's just an investment in the transactions between us. Mm. And I, you know, I can have that with anyone. Absolutely. So if you were to say one thing in, in all the years with all the men that you've known over the years, the one thing that, or most common thing that you think that men feel but don't say if you could pick one, what would you say that probably is? I think men confess their feelings of love and affection insufficiently, mm. uh, inadequately, and um, not as often as they may feel it mm. because they don't have that language, because they're embarrassed or afraid to express it, what if it isn't reciprocated? Um, and I think that they uh, uh, certainly won't do that in any kind of a setting that would be in any way um, increase their vulnerability. Interesting. That, that's been my experience observing not just myself, but others um, in life, um, friends and, and colleagues. Um, I think men are, you know, very good at articulating ideas, very good at articulating positions. Maybe but not feelings. You know, maybe even a little bit argumentative, uh, <laughs> one could, you know, could posit. Um, forceful at doing that, but not at all um, forceful when it, feelings. when it comes to feelings. Interesting. So is there a point that you believe that you came to a place in your evolution, your maturation as a man, that you were able to step across that chasm to be able to speak more sincerely to what you really feel, um, but perhaps in your earlier years did not often say? And, and when you hit that point, what, what was the impetus for that particular point in your life? if you would say that you have reached that. Yeah, well, what, you know, what's the old saying? Even a blind squirrel occasionally <laughs> finds the peanut. Um, 
you know, if you if you live long enough and and you are at all introspective, I think you're going to be you're going to be led to the conclusion that you need to open up, mm. that you need to fess up and and speak what's in your heart, whatever that may be, and be a risk taker. And I think the equation for men really has to be one where they relearn or remap um, their behaviors because men are are relatively good at being risk takers hmm. in every area of their lives except, except emotionally right and so remapping that idea of being a risk taker emotionally and saying you know what's what's the worst that can happen here what could i gain mm-hmm. and what would i lose what would i lose um is is an important and potentially um a key step to take the the verse is also true. Um, if you take that step, however tentatively, and you get shot down, <laughs> <laughs> recovering from that war wound. Yeah, you know it's it's like a football team that got its first forward pass intercepted, and after that, only runs you know a running <laughs> game. <laughs> An analogy for you guys. Uh, you, you know you have to keep trying um, because not. Not everyone's going to accept that from you, and you may be subject to some some good-natured or not-so-good-natured uh, chiding from from friends. Right. Um, and maybe the uh, person that you're expressing it to isn't receptive. Right. Can't uh, reciprocate or can, those feelings. Yeah, exactly. Either, perhaps, right. Um, it, it's also, I, I want to say, if you can get to the place where you can start to talk about it, it opens up just a, you know... Pandora's well, box. Well, yeah. yeah, but it also opens <laughs> up the path to mm-hmm. resolution. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just talking to someone just a few minutes before we started, and you know, part of the ongoing issues in his marriage are that he and his wife have never learned to have resolving conversations with one another. They wait till things have been suppressed and bottled up, and then explosively they come out. Nothing gets accomplished because it's in a, in a situation which is volatile and not conducive to any kind of rational resolution. Um, yeah. Absolutely. And and then they walk away from it to cool down, and it just lies there underneath the surface, waiting for the next trigger. And you can predict that it will happen. You may not be able to predict when. Right. But sooner or later. Yeah. It's coming back. So, I mean, this is foundational. If they don't deal, you know, with, if, if these issues, again, I'm, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm talking to the experts yes, about these Yes, but things. I wasn't born a man. So I, uh, I'm always interested in hearing. I had this conversation. So you don't with have some... the cross to wear that we do. But <laughs> Differently. You have your own. Definitely different. Yeah. And, but I'm always interested. I was having a conversation with some men about the same question uh, about a week ago. And uh, <laughs> their responses were interesting. One of them said, one of the things men often feel but never say is the word no to their women. Mm-hmm. That very often they want to say no. No, I don't want to go. No, I don't like that on you. No, I don't want to eat that. No, we're not buying this. No, your parents can't come over. They don't say no. Right. So, but they have substitute language for that, which is or or non language is you know they which the, may be true. Yeah, the signaling, the you know kind of 
grouchy, um, <laughs> you know, grudging. Right. They act out their no right. without actually Again, saying this kind of passive aggressive no. behavior that mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, I, I really don't want to do this, but I but I feel there are consequences for saying no. So I'm going to just I'm I'm either not going to say anything or I'm going to lie about how I really feel about it. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing that I heard them say very commonly was they don't say I'm hurt or you hurt my feelings mm-hmm. because it's not okay to say that you hurt my feelings for some reason. Where women, we can easily say that that stung, that hurt, you broke my heart. We say those so easily. Well, but we're not for e- men, yeah, you guys we- don't say how much something hurt because it, you it's not supposed to hurt you. You're supposed to be made of steel. It's supposed to bounce off of you as if somehow you are not made up of the same emotional fiber that we are. And I I believe it to be a fundamental farce. Now being a mom of a mother and of daughters and sons mm-hmm. and watching the depth of my son's emotion, watching the way in which he's experiencing love for the first time in his life and the vulnerability associated, I swear to you that he he feels deeper than my daughters felt about love, but he does not necessarily display those things externally the way that I watch him work through those things sort of internally in his safe space. And you wonder where the messages came from that mm-hmm. say that it's not okay for you to feel and to say and to do all of those things that girls, my girls could readily right. do when they met their first, you know, significant others, so to speak. And I want to say to parents that if you feel this is a failing on your part because you haven't instilled in your male child um, this aptitude, um, don't take it too much to heart. You're just a parent. Mm-hmm. The input that's, that's coming is all around your child. Right. It's in... It's in and in every form of entertainment, it's in everyday life, it's in all the role models that mm-hmm. your child's going to be exposed to, good, bad, or indifferent. And they are an overwhelming influence. Mm-hmm. But I was going to add to what you said that I think that we're, you know, we're the place where we get off the rails first is the precursor. Mm-hmm. It's even asking, what did you mean by that? <laughs> by that action, by, by what you just said. You know, the the process of discovery mm-hmm. to unpack what's going on is not a natural behavior for men. You know, man up, mm-hmm. close your mouth, interpret. Work it out. Or worry about out, what it means. Fix it, solve it. Yeah. All but, of those things. But don't, by all means, don't just let it sit there. And don't you, feel it. Yeah. And I think that's where, you know, there's ripe opportunity for for men to be able to heal Mm -hmm. um, and improve their relationship. Well, I'll tell you, I think that there's so much that men often feel and rarely say that we would be richer for having heard it, felt it, and experienced it. Words of wisdom, as always. (laughs) Thank you for listening to another episode of Love Life. We uh, want to thank Todd Washburn, our recording engineer, Kamaria Mason, our producer, and you, our audience. If you've got some thoughts about today's episode or any other topic you think that we should uh, take up, please write to us at alvian at lovelife.digital or Doug 
at lovelife.digital. And we'll see you next week.